and welcome to the Underbest Podcast. I'm your host, Merge, and I am here with Joe. Joe, how are you doing today, man? Doing pretty good, man. The Lakers, you know, yesterday clinched that final spot. It's nice to be back after 10 years, and uh, now we know who we're playing. Yeah, and uh, this should be a really, really good one. And obviously, if you guys didn't know, the Lakers beat the Denver Nuggets and won the series four games to one. Another five-game series. Joe, you're on a roll with, with <laughs> these five-game predictions um, against a really tough Denver team. It was a five-game five series, but it, there was, there's points where it could have been 3-2. There's points where they could have won. If a couple of things bounced their way, there, there's points that they could have won a couple more games in this series. So hats off to the Nuggets. Jamal Murray was incredible in, at points. Jokic is one of the best players in this league. So they're, they're going to be back. S and, and soon, I think one more piece. They're they're on, on the Lakers level contention wise. So congr- uh, respect to the, the Denver Nuggets for you know a hard hard fought series, but the Lakers are back to where they rightfully belong. I think this is their third. This is the Lakers' thirty second Finals appearance by far, number one all time. <laughs> um, this is also LeBron's tenth. Finals appearance, and I believe I saw something that LeBron has more finals appearances than like twenty five NBA teams, yeah, something like that. Twenty seven. I think it's us, the Celtics, <laughs> and the Warriors are the only teams that he doesn't have more finals appearances. Which or that's finals. That's ridiculous, man. Which is that's crazy. ridiculous. But yeah, uh, if like I said, it was it was a pretty interesting series. It it was there's some very hard hard fought games. There wasn't any game that was really a blowout besides uh, the game where the Nuggets beat us. Uh, but but we still c- almost came back in that game as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's just start with a review of of this series. Let's start with the man himself, LeBron James. Um, weird series for LeBron. Uh, he had some weird stretches in games, uh, three and four, um, especially game four, where he was just like dribbling the air out of the ball and shooting these like weird mid range jumpers that were barely touching rim. But in game five, he comes in, proves everyone wrong. Once again, never doubt LeBron James. He comes out and completely torches the Nuggets with a 38 point. 10 assists, 16 rebound game. I believe he scored 16 in the fourth quarter alone, and he was just making jumper after jumper after fadeaway in, in the post and just making everything. Uh, Joe, what are your thoughts on LeBron's series as a whole? Uh, yeah, like you said, it was a weird series to start. Uh, he just looked the, – the first two games – I thought it was the typical LeBron, let me feel this team out, see where mm-hmm. I'm going to pick them apart, what mm-hmm. exactly is going to work. Because I think it's NBA finals are maybe a little bit different for LeBron because we did see like in 2018 where he just came out ready to go for the finals. But I think we still might see a game one feel it out from LeBron. But then into games three and four, and especially in four, like you said, when he was just, he, he looked lackadaisical on offense. He was still really good on defense. And in and, and game four, without that defense on Murray, we probably don't win that game. So mm-hmm. still huge, huge contributions, playmaker, you know, leveling everyone on the floor, making sure everyone's in their spot. So he's obviously doing LeBron things. But on offense, yeah, he just looked lackadaisical. Like he didn't really know exactly what he wanted to do. He was thinking about driving, thinking about shooting. But 
all that went away in game five and especially when it mattered because he was having Mm -hmm. he was having a great game up into the fourth quarter Mm. but it wasn't it was a it was a lebron game it was like okay this is what you can expect from a lebron playoff game and then that fourth quarter he just absolutely it's beautiful to see and it lets us know that if need be lebron has our back yeah, I mean, I, I believe it's around like the four-minute mark in the fourth quarter, and I think he hit like four jumpers in a row to mm-hmm. pretty much seal that game. And it was just – it was huge. And, and even what uh, Chris Haynes tweeted out yesterday and today, LeBron yep. told him himself, I'm ending this shit tonight. Yep. So it's it's great to see LeBron still has that that switch to just go exactly. best player in the world I was just going to say. He still has yeah. the switch, which is very – it's important, especially for a team like – the heat where they're built very very well and it it might just come down to star power so lebron thank you thank you very much need one more one more series out of you job is not done like lebron has been saying um after lebron of course we got to talk about anthony davis who had i believe the best series of of this playoffs for him um Mm -hmm. he was he was absolutely incredible Outside of like maybe some some rebounding thing, and he also kind of got banged up in that game for his ankle. He didn't look as uh, fluid defensively last night, um, which hopefully these next few days can he can rest that up and be ready to go for Wednesday. But outside of that, I mean, he had the game two buzzer beater Kobe moment. Uh, he had uh, even even last night he had that huge three pointer mm-hmm. in transition to put the Lakers up ten. Um, and he had a big three-pointer when the game was tied in the third quarter to put him up by three at, at the end of the quarter. He just made yeah. big shot after big shot, and, yep, and he was 34 you know, in it, game four. Yep, 34 in game four, and that was with the, the hobbled ankle. He was making some uh, insane finishes at the rim. He was getting to the line. Um, he was just, you know, AD doing AD stuff. Um, mm-hmm. What 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 did you see from AD this whole series? Yeah, just the things that you were saying. And, oh, Jeremy Grant, I have to give him some credit because he did a good job on LeBron and AD. He he probably bothered bothered them on their shots more than I've seen anyone do in these whole playoffs. Mm -hmm. Like, we're talking right now about how dominant AD was, but they weren't easy looks. He was... Mm -mm. He was just being a superstar and hitting looks that you just – the defense has to, you know, tab his butt and say, good shot. So uh, AD definitely still doing AD things. Like you said, the rebounding a little bit. You obviously want to see your big man grabbing more than two rebounds or five rebounds or six rebounds. But especially the way that we were playing and how heavy of minutes Dwight was getting and how much he was crashing the boards mm-hmm. and – you know, LeBron is always going to crash the boards, like we said in uh, in Game Five last game. He had 16 rebounds, so I think. Uh, and if you saw, um, AD had a lot of big offensive rebounds late mm-hmm. in the game, so it's yeah. not like he's not rebounding when it matters. He's grabbing offensive rebounds, getting extra possessions, and he was hobbled last game defensively for sure, but he's still being a presence on the inside, which is really all you need from him. And when he's given you the shots that he's hitting, you can't really complain that much. Right. And a side note on Jeremy Grant, that dude, that dude just made a ton of money <laughs> in win one series. Oh yeah. I think he made a himself at least 15 million. He probably got the money that Montrez Harrell was expecting to be getting yep. in the yep. offseason. He, he probably made that. They and he was a guy, he was a guy that I, uh, 
I wanted the Lakers to go after this offseason, but he he played himself out of that range at this point. Unless LeBron talked yeah. to him after the game and convinced <laughs> yeah. him to come to the Lakers. Unless he got um, that clutch check. Yeah, man. Yeah. It, it was it was just some really superstar, sometimes best player in the world stuff from AD yeah. making those shots. So it was just another strong strong series, and he's having just a playoffs for the ages he's just consistently been incredible i think the only bad game he's had was game one against the blazers when he was missing every shot after that he's been pretty much a 30 and 10 guy the whole way through with elite defense best best defender in the world in my opinion and he's putting up those numbers and carrying the lakers a lot of times in, in this series um you know outside of game five where lebron carried him but that's what we have to do that's why they're the best duo in the league so yeah. Uh, hopefully he's ready for a more physical uh, defensive plan uh, in Miami. I think they're going to send a lot of gu- different guys at him. I could see them sending smaller guys at him as well to kind of bother him and force him to shoot tro- tro- post fades. Uh, I think a-, a lot of those those wings are pretty strong as well, who they can put on 80. So it's going to be interesting to see how he handles that. Um, next up, I want to talk about KCP really quickly. There isn't too much to really say about KCP outside of he has been the most consistent role player on the Lakers, um, shooting 44% from three uh, in this series. I believe he's probably shooting 44, 40-plus 40 from the whole playoffs. Um, and, of course, he's always going to bring that solid defense at the point of the attack and, and sometimes off the ball as well. Um, there, outside of that, there isn't too much to really add from KCP. I mean, did, did you have anything else you wanted to say about him outside of just what I had just said right now? <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> every single time I see KCP play, all I can think of is the Rob Polinka quote. Rob Polinka, yeah. <laughs> from heaven. And yeah. honestly, that's exactly what he was this past series because he looked great. He really did. He hit timely shots. You know, in the one game we lost, he missed that uh, fourth quarter three. That mm. would have tied up the game. But, like, he, other than that one shot, he hit timely shots. He played good defense, like you said. And he was just a real contributor. And if we get that KCP again, it's it's looking real tough for me. Oh, yeah. yeah. If you're letting a guy that isn't LeBron or AD hit, hit like three or four three-pointers, then it's not going to be a fun time for the for the defense. Um, yeah, moving over KCP, to another guy. So, just one last point. Uh, Casey, he wasn't just shooting either. He had a, a lot of good back cuts. He had a lot mm-hmm. of good, you know, his pull-up mid-range is always going to be there for him if the defense is doing a drop defense. So yeah. he's he is a big piece to this team. And we have to give him his credit for playing through the slander. He did it. He played through the slander. Now he's here. He's like he's like a like what's it called? Like patient zero when it comes to Lakers slander working, <laughs> Laker Twitter slander working. Yeah. And yeah. he honestly, KCP might the person who started this whole thing. He really might might have been. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he might have got us LeBron. He might have gotten us eighty, and he might be the reason why we won a championship. Not for not he might not be the main contributor on the court, but he he was the first domino. So exactly. uh, shout always out KCP, shout out to man. KCP uh, for all through all the slander, through all the the you know locked up uh, jail jail KCP stuff like yep. uh, prisoner, that, all that's that all stuff. gone. All I mean, outside of literally like he had that terrible like eight game stretch at the beginning of the season. Since then, he has been the perfect yeah. wing. Yeah. 
role player for LeBron and AD. Yeah. Um, move, moving on to a different guy who I, I think you can kind of put in, in the same category with KCP uh, at this point as one of our probably after KCP our most consistent uh, role player in Alex Caruso. Uh, we talk about him all the time on the podcast, so mm-hmm. we're not going to spend too much time on him. But I mean, if you're looking at yesterday's game, he made this cut after cut after cut no one was defending him he was getting gang cut like he had four assists he made some really nice passes to some open, open players uh, of course him and lebron are always gonna have their two-man game that always seems to work even on like fast breaks and stuff so um yeah it, it's it's always it's always just one nice to see alex on the team and just seeing how big of a contributor he is. And there's nights where he's the third most important player on this team, just from his defense alone. Yeah. I mean, I think he did the best job on Jamal Murray out of everyone outside of like LeBron. Um, I I don't have any numbers up, but he, I mean, he's just always, he's always going to be that guy. And with a team that has a couple of really good guards coming up, he's going to be huge again. And I, I have no doubt that he's gonna he's going to do the same thing. Um, Joe, if I have anything to add about AC, yeah, like you said, he brings the same thing every game. You know, some games his shots gonna be falling a little bit more than others, which is obviously an added benefit. But that's not even why you put AC in the game. You put him in there because he mm-hmm. he's not a, a perfect playmaker, but he controls the game. He plays great defense and he makes smart decisions which is invaluable to this mm-hmm. team. And this offseason is going to be really big for a couple players, but if a, if a AC can get a consistent jumper and tighten up that hand a little bit, it's going to be scary. Oh, yeah. I think if that's if he gets that, then I believe he is a starting point guard in the league. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe on the lower end of starting point guards, but he is a starting point guard who can, who can be a starting free uh, contender, mm-hmm. I, I think, at least. As long as he has guys like AD and LeBron around him, obviously. Like, he, he can't be the primary playmaker. <laughs> right, right. He can't be the primary playmaker. He needs to be like – he needs to probably be like the worst offensive player on the floor. Yeah. But it like it, it, if that's the case, then he's gonna do everything else for you, you know. Yeah, and it's like Jared Dudley always um, says. Stop, moving on, of course, yeah, and AC talks about that a, a ton as well. Just he wants to be there. He doesn't care if he gets two minutes or if he gets thirty-five minutes. Obviously, we would rather him play thirty-five minutes than two minutes. But um, yeah, he's just that. Like you said, like what Jared Dudley said, he's a star in his role, and LeBron and AD just rave about him all the time, and it's so wonderful because he is really like one of the last parts of the re- that's mm-hmm. on this roster. It's really him and Kuz. Yeah, him, Kuz, and then KCP was here, but he wasn't a, he's not a Laker product. Right. I mean, we yeah. found AC and Kuz. And, yeah. And Kuzma is a guy that we slander a lot more than AC, but those are the, the last two guys, and it's it's just nice having them, like, having them around so we can, you know, still have the, the Laker rebuilding phase people yeah. that we can hold on to. Yeah. Um, moving on to a guy who you can argue was – probably the third best player in this series, especially in um, three three of the games, he was huge. Uh, Dwight Howard, he ha- had been incredible for the, for the Lakers against Jokic. Um, they started him uh, game four. He put up a 12 and 11 in like, the first quarter, almost. Uh, he put up those numbers. He was getting a bunch of rebounds, a bunch of putbacks, and just doing his job. Had another 
pretty much t- 10 and 10 game with a couple of big blocks in game five. Um, uh, when Jokic was on the floor with Dwight uh, in about 86 minutes, the Lakers were a minus uh, – sorry, the Nuggets were a minus 19.7 with Dwight and Jokic on the court. With Dwight off the court uh, and Jokic on, the Nuggets were a plus 2.6 with, with Dwight off. So I think that just shows how big of an impact he had on the team with Jokic out there. Um, I think the a big thing that we're going to have to watch going into the next series that we'll touch on a little bit later is if he's going to start against Miami. Um, but like I said, we'll touch on that later. How did you um, – what did you think about Dwight's performance uh, against the Nuggets? Um, obviously, like looking back on him not playing at all versus the Rockets, so him going into this Nuggets series and kind of just going out guns blazing, um, how did you feel about his whole performance? Yeah, honestly, I think that was probably – the most impressive part of all of it was the fact that he didn't play in the Rockets series. Mm-hmm. He could have been completely checked out mentally and physically. He could have mm-hmm. been like maybe a lot of players might have been in that situation, but Dwight came in and immediately the first time he checked in the game, it was a clear difference when he was in the game and when he's not in the game and being able to get that from someone who you got on an unguaranteed vet minimum in the beginning of the year is just absolutely like he has done so much for this team uh just in his performance for sure like you said the 12 and 11 game in game 4 9 9 and 2 in game 5 played great defense the whole series but also you if you see him because of in the bubble environment they don't have the fans to lean on he's always cheering always trying to get the bench loud mm-hmm. always trying to do something to raise team morale and that stuff is invaluable especially like i said right now with no fans to to draw off so shout out to dwight thank you for being uh you know the perfect player for your role yeah just imagine if dwight was a rim running big who who could be an elite defender his whole career? He'd be like yeah. he'd be like De- DeAndre Jordan on like steroids. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if that he'd be like a yeah. twenty twenty guy. Like he could have probably averaged twenty fifteen just off of that with elite oh, defense. Yeah. and had. If you're talking about Orlando Dwight athleticism, uh-huh. yeah, for sure he would have just been he would have been the greatest center of that type. That mm-hmm. yeah I, I think for sure i i think he would he would have been and he, he's still a top 10 center ever probably mm-hmm. and a and a first ballot of uh, a unanimous first ballot hall of famer he should be at least uh yeah uh so i mean just imagine what he could have done if he just accepted that role from the very beginning yeah. he could have consistently just put up 20 and 15 for like 10 years instead of being like marred and like being looked at as like this like this cancer for pretty much half of his career if it felt like maybe even longer uh yeah, but i'm so, super happy he's accepted that role and i'm glad lebron was able to get him to, to play that role and accept that that is the best role for this team so mm-hmm. yeah shout out to dwight for sure um uh, next person i want to talk about this is another one i think we can kind of skim over a little bit is rajon rondo he had another Really solid series. Uh, game four was the biggest mm. thing, uh, the, the biggest series. Game one, he was good as well, but game four, I think he made the biggest impact. He made some huge shots in that fourth quarter. He had that crazy rebound over like Jokic and yep. and Paul Millsap in the fourth yep. quarter. He, like I said, made a timely three. He hitting hitting guys right where they need to be. For as much slander as we we gave Rondo in the regular season, it's all. You know, there's nothing. I have nothing bad to say about him yeah. in 
in this series as well. So if he can continue doing that in the Heat series, like again, he, he it'll be incredible to have him continue to do that. Um, any small thing you want to mention about Rondo as well? No, yeah, he's just been a very, very pleasant surprise these playoffs, and we just need one more series out of him. That's it. Yep. One more series, and and he he's the first player ever to win a ring with the Lakers and the Celtics. How about that? <laughs> that's that's really something. I never thought about that. That he's gonna be the first one. That is something. <laughs> that would be crazy. Um, moving on to a guy that another weird series. I don't know. I think I'm talking about Kyle Kuzma, and the thing that bothered me the most about him in this series, I think he took the Michael Porter Jr. matchup a little too personally. Yeah, yeah I was um, gonna say that. It's, and Michael Porter Jr. is just an objectively more talented player than Kuz. And if he's going to get in a one-on-one battle with Michael Porter Jr., then he's going to lose that every single time. Yeah. <laughs> and if, if he if and he could be like back to the first two series Kuz in this Heat series, unless he has the same thing going on with Tyler Hero, which which <laughs> honestly could be even worse because yeah, because, of, with, with because of his girlfriend, <laughs> which could be worse. So I hope I'm wrong. I hope Vogel doesn't put him on on Tyler Hero. That would be awful. But I, yeah, I, I mean, he had moments where he was hitting some shots and he he was adding some spark on offense. But then he would have some stupid moment. I mean, I think he pretty much gave the the Nuggets that lead oh, in Game oh, Five. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Because he kept going after MPJ, and I'm like, dude, you don't need to care about that guy. Like he. Like the last person you need to worry about on that Nuggets team. There's much more bigger people to 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 care about. But he, it was just a bad series in general for him. Um, he was cutting relatively well. I think that's a big thing with Kuz. When he cuts, he's a really good cutter, but he doesn't do it as often as you'd hope, especially with a, on a team with LeBron James. Um, how do you see him sort of uh, uh, during this series? And do you think he'll bounce back in the next series? Or is, is he kind of like, do you have like no confidence right now? Kyle Kuzma's always been such an interesting player to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, back when we was just the kids, I was never the biggest Kuzma stand, but I, I understood mm-hmm. that he, he brought things to the team. And I think he can still bring things to the team. And like you said, and God, as annoying as as Reggie and Chris Weber were the whole series, that's something that they did point out that it seemed like uh, every single time MPJ did something, make or miss, Kuzma felt like he had to come back and mm-hmm. do something. And that's just not winning basketball. That's not championship basketball. So we can't have that. Um, I honestly think that that was the biggest hindrance this whole series for Kuz. I think that he played, like you said, there was moments where he would hit timely shots. He would cut well. Uh, The defense wasn't good this series, Mm -hmm. at least compared to the first two series. Um, But I think all of that was a factor of the mental game. And I, I have confidence because of the veteran leadership that we have in the locker room. I think that uh, with a couple days off, a couple days in the gym with just the Lakers, he'll be able to get his head right for the series. But he cannot let that whole Tyler Hero Katia situation get to him because this oh, is Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero <laughs> is a guy who will talk shit to your face, and he's going to do it. Yeah. Who needs to not participate? I yeah. love Tyler Hero. Like outside of playing Lakers playing the Heat in the finals, I love this Heat team. And Tyler Hero oh, has yeah. 
has an overwhelming amount of confidence, and when and it's going, it's a it's a sight to behold. Like he's one of those guys where you're like, if he's making shots, he's gonna talk shit to everyone, and it's gonna be incredible. Yeah, yeah. And so, and it's good that, like I said, he has the veterans around him that he does who can probably reel him in a little bit. Uh, but it's gonna be fun to watch. Oh yeah, I I've sure. still been waiting for one Kuz like rookie. I'm still waiting for like a thirty game. point game. I I'm That's waiting for that thirty point I, night. I don't know if it's gonna come, but I've been waiting for it. It, it would be it would definitely be nice if it broke out in this next series. I was oh, expecting yeah. it to happen in a, a series against the Clippers because he played really well against the Clippers during the year. Yeah. But again, the Clippers blew a three one lead to the Nuggets, so never. I guess <laughs> I guess we'll never know. Um, yeah. uh, let's move on to. The last person I want to talk about here, uh, Danny Green. Another weird series for for Danny. Uh, bad shooting the whole series, um, except for Game Five where he had a couple of really big threes, but he only shot the ball four times. Um, he he does this thing in the first quarters. It feels like when he he's like, I'm going to take the ball and I'm going to attack the rim and dribble for whatever reason, yeah, and then he shoots these wild, really these weird. wild shots. Yeah, it, it's it's like. I don't like he thinks he's a different player in that first quarter. He tries to take over. It, it's weird, but I do have to commend because a lot of Laker fans have been harping on Danny pretty much the whole playoffs. His defense when he wasn't defending Jamal Murray, who toasted him every every moment he was on him, was was great. I mean, there's a ton of little moments, a little like hustle plays that he made. Like I was saying before the pod, um, that play against Jokic where he ran him off the three-point line. He blocked Jokic in the free, uh, sorry. He ran him off the three-point line and then, and then he blocked him around the free throw line. And then he went and closed out on Gary Harris on, on the second chance opportunity. So that's the stuff that, that we need from Daniel. And he does give it on a pretty much on a nightly basis when he isn't defending a quick guy point of attack. Like, period, he shouldn't be defending. Like, a Goran Dragic, I don't want him on Goran Dragic. Because I think Dragic has enough moves where he's going to – he will break – get him off the dribble. And that's what Dragic is best at. But yeah. overall, again, he, he made some timely buckets. Uh, yesterday he made a big three. Uh, I think he made a couple of big threes in game four as well. And he t- he does that from time to time. I'm still waiting for the series. Again, I'm waiting for the Danny Green series. He was a guy that performed well in the finals. He had that one finals against the Heat where, where he, he hit like the most three-pointers in finals history until Steph came along. Um, maybe we get that same Danny against the Miami Heat. Here's, here's hoping. But what, what do you see from, from Danny in this series? And do you think like, – what are you expecting from him in, this, in, the, in the Heat? Uh, yeah, pretty much the same thing that you saw. I mean, I – he he missed a couple wide open shots that you would like him to hit. Uh, but I think that what you had mentioned with his first quarter starts where he kind of just wants to see if he has the hot hand or something, mm-hmm. it kind of throws off the rest of his game. And that's where I think if you can get him calm and collected and just playing like Danny Green for 48 minutes or however long he's in the game, then I think we'll see a much better Danny Green product because I think a lot of it with him is mental, especially when you when you miss a layup at the rim, mm-hmm. it's hard to hit your next shot because you're thinking right. about it. So I think that's just, you know, leaning on LeBron and A, getting him settled in and getting him to play a smart series is is what we have to hope for. And I think that on the biggest stage, he'll show up as much as 
And that's what he's been doing. He's been giving us solid contributes that you can always ask for more from every player, unless you're named LeBron James. Yeah, yeah. It's I think it's a lot of price tag watching with him as well. Like we give a, yeah, we give him a ton of money. True. And, you know, there's guys like KCP who have been playing better than him and he's making less money than Danny and guys like Alex Caruso who don't, aren't making really any money who are playing better than him. So you're just like, oh, this is the guy that we're we're paying $14 million, $15 million a year for. You know, it, it is what it is. I think we should have came in I, um, listening to Raptors and Spurs fans because a lot yeah. of them said that Danny does this a lot where he's very streaky. Yeah, so they did just hoping that it he's hitting he hits his peak in this 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 series against the speaking about the finals let's let's go into more specifics when it comes to playing against the miami heat so what do you think is the most important thing uh to stopping the miami heat um when they're on offense well and i'm be honest aside from the playoffs it's not like i watch a lot of miami heat basketball and uh in my free time but what i have seen during the playoffs is they like to run their offense through uh bam at the high post yeah he's a good initiator he's a really good passer for a big so i think um oh obviously it doesn't even have to be said but ad is not daniel tice so that's definitely (laughs) gonna be a big wrench uh for the miami heat just because ad's length disrupts pass passing lanes gets in the vision of the initiator so i think uh ad having another ad series defensively is probably the most important thing but also keeping their shooters in check like we've mentioned you can't have duncan having an 8-3 game you can't have tyler harrow having another 37 like those things just can't happen if you want to win the final yeah, and they're they're a team that that's loaded with shooters. Even outside of the, the the two that you mentioned, there's Goran Dragic, there's Jay Crowder, there's Kelly Olynyk, there's even Myers Leonard if they, if they throw him out there. Andre Iguodala can get hot sometimes, even though he, he he's not a career great three point shooter. He, I mean, today he hit three threes. He he made and he does it in the the biggest moments. He hits exactly. some really big threes. So like you, we need to close out on on those guys and and make them make plays outside of spot up threes. The only guys that can really do that are like Tyler Hero. Well, Hero and Dragic can make uh, plays off the move. Duncan Robinson's not the guy that you want making plays. I think he's a guy that you want to run straight off the three point line. He's yeah. one of the best shooters in the league. Yeah. Uh, one of the most efficient three point shooters in the league as well. So you can't you can't let him get hot. I mean, he hit some big threes in tonight's game against the Celtics as well. So yeah. keeping, I think he, I think he's the biggest one to keep in check. Cause he's one of those guys that can make 12 threes. If oh, you give yeah. him a chance to yeah. And hero and Drogic are great shooters as well. But Duncan Robinson is one of those clay type guys where if he is on fire, he's making anything he throws up. Yeah. And like we had mentioned earlier, that's going to be a big thing for Danny green because mm-hmm. that's, that's his play style. He knows the proper angles to cut off a threes. He knows all of those things. So, you know, I think when we get into the matchups, having Danny Green on him to kind of negate some of those things, some of the knowledge things that Duncan has over some of his opponents is one of the most important factors. Yeah, and Danny is, I think above all, he is a tremendous uh, secondary defender. I think that's what he's best at is team defense. Um, you don't like we've talked about with him against Jamal Murray. You don't want him a, against a guy who is shifty and can make something happen off the dribble. Yeah. Um, so putting him on Duncan Robinson, well, I, I think is 
is the right, you know, fix for this. I mean, we said this last series, we wanted him to defend Gary Harris, who is not a guy who makes plays. And whenever he defended someone that wasn't Jamal Murray, he was a great defender. So um, moving on a little when it comes to matchups in general, um, I think ideally we, we would want KCP defending Goran Dragic when he's out there. KCP or, or Alt Caruso, whoever's out there. I think I think ideally it's KCP because I think KCP is a little quicker uh, point of attack. Um, uh, next, Tyler Hero, a guy who has been incredible for the Heat in this run, especially against the Celtics. Um, I think Alt Caruso is the best matchup for that. Um, you can also put KCP on him and maybe Danny since Tyler isn't the most athletic player. Um, but I think AC is the most ideal guy you want when it comes to winning time. And then finally, um, guys like a Jay Crowder and Andre Iguodala, um, I think you want to put LeBron on on one of those guys if if we're going um, big, that is. If we have Dwight out there and AD, then you can stick LeBron on Crowder. Um, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily want AD defending Jay Crowder. I do not want Dwight defending Jay Crowder. Um, I, 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 AD can defend shooters, but I don't necessarily want him chasing around a a shoot a spot of three only guy. You know, yeah. so I, I think ideally you want LeBron just sitting and 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 uh, you know not using up all his energy for when we we would need him to defend Jimmy Butler in the final five minutes of the game. You know, and speaking about Jimmy and also to talk about Bam a little bit. Um, I think um, – how, how do you sort of see the Lakers defending both of those guys uh, in like an ideal world? Well, like you said, I think first of all, a lot of it is dependent on whether we decide to go big or small. Yeah. Because uh, if Dwight is in there, I think he definitely starts on, on Bam. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if we have someone like Ethan in there, it's obviously going to be AD. So first establishing that – in terms of matchups is going to be important because if you have Dwight on uh, on Bam, then you can have AD on Jim. And that's co- completely different than having yeah. uh, AD on Bam and LeBron on Jimmy and Keith on Crowder. Like that's a way different matchup. Mm-hmm. You play that differently defensively. So that's the first part. And then after playing against the Nuggets, I think, well, I think we can all agree that Jokic is a better offensive center than Bam. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, Bam. They have a very, they have a very similar play style. I do mm-hmm. think, obviously, Bam is more athletic and he can make yeah. more athletic plays. Yeah, uh, and Jokic is a better passer, but I think they really like that mid-post yeah. uh, playmaking area. Yeah. So, uh, just I think AD not having to extend AD or Dwight not having to extend to the three-point line for Bam is because that's where a lot of breakdowns occur when the bigs are on the perimeter and the guards mm-hmm. can get past the basket. Because when, when Dwight or AD is in the paint, no guard is going to have an easy easy trip to the paint. Right. So them being able to roam a little bit more, even though they still have to respect him at around 15 feet and he still can go off the bounce because, like you said, he's more athletic. Uh, I think it's going to be a good adjustment for the, for the way the Lakers like to play defense, not having to sit on the three-point line with their big. How would you um, – what would you do for the starting lineup? Would you go with the Keefe or, I guess, Kuz um, in there for, for Dwight, um, or would you start Dwight? I think uh, for the first game, I would probably go Dwight uh, just for the sake – you know, I think I'd rather have AD on Jimmy anyways just because 
AD is an all-world defender. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if they do have a situation where their shooters are getting off of screens and they're getting a lot of looks from the perimeter, then I think I would I would like to go small so we can get a more mobile lineup in there, even though Dwight's been good on the perimeter for majority of the year. Yeah, I th- I think I'm leaning that way too with Dwight. Um, just because I we have seen Frank being very willing to put AD on on wings or s- smaller guards like R- Russell Westbrook. Um, mm-hmm. but I think when it comes down to I, I think starting the, the starting lineup and the crunch time lineup is a different story. I yeah. think you would you still want to you you want to have AD at the five. Um, a, when it comes to closing games, um, with guys like obviously, I think we're gonna have like AC, KCP, Danny, LeBron, and AD. I think that's probably our closing five. Um, so having AD at the five, and when it comes to offensively, we can talk about this as well. But AD at the five defensively gives the Lakers a lot more sort of uh, flexibility, and I wouldn't put it past LeBron to defend Bam Adebayo. Oh if, yeah, if yeah. need be. Like yeah, if on, if you need to put AD on on Jimmy, I think you can put LeBron on Bam for a couple possessions. Yeah, you, it's obviously it's not something that you want for possession after possession because mm-hmm. you know Braun would get tired, beat up down low, having to right. deal with a post player like Bam. But yeah, definitely on switches. If there's a case down the stretch where you do want to have AD on Jimmy, like you said, Bam could uh, LeBron could definitely do something on Bam, which is all you need. Yeah, and Lakers are uh, they do switch a ton still, and so there are going to be moments where AD will be defending Jimmy on a on a switch, or LeBron will be defending Bam on a switch, or you know so on and so forth. Whoever's on whatever AD defending Hero on a switch or whatever mm-hmm. it is, that's going to happen a lot because we switch a ton. Yeah. So I I think I having the most having an ideal switching lineup out there is uh, probably the best way to go because this Heat team is a very big team outside of like Drogic and I think Hero's like 6-3 but outside of those guys they're a huge team they play some really big guys so I think having a lineup where it's pretty much like AD LeBron uh, as your five your, your four and five and then Danny KCP and and Caruso who can switch relatively well I think that's the best the best sort of option to go with um so let's go over to the Lakers offense uh and I think the biggest thing that we've seen the heat break out a lot is um the three two zone they did it against the, the Celtics today and they were able to they've been able to use it really well against a team like the Bucks they did it well against the Pacers they've done it well the whole whole playoffs um and I think the biggest key to breaking it is having AD at the five um there is there's a video you can look back on when the Lakers played the Heat uh in Los Angeles. Uh, I think it was in like November of, of last year. Uh, and Pete at Laker Film Room, he made a, a video of how the Lakers played against that zone. Uh, and Great it was video. pretty much just give AD the ball in the middle and he'll make the, the right play. The only thing I would worry about is AD isn't the best playmaker. So maybe there's a chance he kind of makes some bad passes or bad reads in that middle. But I think ultimately uh, he's the, the guy to break or put LeBron in the middle. If you need a guy who can just break break a break a zone, you put LeBron in the middle and you put AD at the dunker spot, and uh, and that's how you break that zone. Uh, you have your shooters on the corner, and then you have your your one guy sort of roaming who can cut. And then that would ideally be a guy like Alex Caruso. Um, 
And the Lakers played against that zone pretty well in that game. Uh, so what do you sort of see? How do you see them ultimately breaking that zone? Um, and uh, how, how do you see them sort of reacting to it? Because we have seen it a little bit from the Nuggets as well, but the Heat use it a, a ton more. Yeah, and, and the Heat are just more versatile defensively. But uh, I think you said it best. Get the ball into the middle. Look to the corners, shooters. Look for the cutter. All those things. Uh I think one really interesting thing that you'd said is is putting LeBron in the middle. And with the resurgence of playoff Rondo, you have an initiator who can get mm-hmm. the ball there, which mm-hmm. was a little bit of a problem uh, earlier in the season and why Braun was essentially our only playmaker, especially when, not that Avery Bradley's a bad passer, but when he was at the one, he's not an elite entry pass maker. So having Rondo able to give you quality minutes where he can get the ball into Braun. And then once the ball's in with Braun in the middle and they're playing the zone like that, he's going to dissect. He's just going to pick it over because that's what he does. Yeah, those post-entry passes, like you said, they were a problem uh, during the season. Uh, guys like like Avery Bradley, like Alex Caruso, like KCP, they couldn't really make a good entry pass. Rondo had made some really good entry passes like just in this playoffs alone. And that's what he's pretty much – that's what his – He's great at is getting those those passes in the right spot. So putting AD or LeBron in the middle, uh, I think is obviously your ideal way. But I I wonder what they do if, if they do run out those small lineups uh, and and Rondo isn't in and AD isn't in. I wonder what they go to if LeBron's out there. Do they maybe go to like putting Caruso in the middle, or do they maybe go with like? Having having Caruso or KCP be that guy to make that pass to LeBron, there's some options there, but I wouldn't expect many moments with no AD, LeBron, or Rondo out there. But I'm pretty sure one of them will be in at all times, so that probably shouldn't be something to worry about, but it is something to sort of think about if if we do send out a lineup uh, like that. Um, another big thing that why I think Miami is a more difficult matchup for the Lakers than the Boston Celtics is they have a plethora of big, strong defenders who can defend LeBron and AD to a certain extent. Guys like Jimmy, Jay Crowder, Andre Iguodala, and even Bam Adebayo. Um, I saw somewhere that LeBron or uh, Jimmy and uh, Iguodala are two of the best LeBron defenders just by numbers um, in their careers which, I mean, obviously they're going to send those two and Crowder out them the most. How do you sort of see LeBron responding to They're going to be very physical with LeBron. That's just that's how they play defense. How do you see him sort of responding? Do you see him going more to the jumper? Do you see him attacking the rim like he was in game five? Um, how do you just see him responding to it? Uh, I think we see two things from LeBron. Uh, two things a little bit more than we have made before. One is going to be switch mm-hmm. hunting or mismatch hunting, whatever you want to call it. That's something that LeBron is absolutely masterful at. He is a maestro when it comes to putting people in the right places on the court to get the best matchup for himself. Or for oh, just think about the people who are going to be defending Alex Caruso. Think of how many times they run a screen by from Alex Caruso to – um, with LeBron as the ball handler. Exactly, yeah. So I think that's something that we're going to see a lot of. Not that we don't already see it. LeBron's always going to hunt for the mismatch, but I think it's going to be uh, exacerbated because of players like he's going to have to pick between either Iguodala and Jimmy Butler guarding him or Goran Dragic and Duncan Russell guarding him. So mm-hmm. he's going to hunt those switches. Um, and 
in terms of his play style, like you said, they have a lot of big bodies that they can throw at him. Jay Crowder, uh, Jimmy Butler, Andre Iguodala, Bam's going to be waiting for him in the middle. I think we see um, a more outside-oriented LeBron in terms mm. of his jump shooting, which is why seeing Game 5 like that was so big for me personally, just from my own you know, mental health going into yeah. the next series. Because <laughs> LeBron was really struggling Games 1 through 4, but he showed us that it's still there and he's still going to hit when we need him to which we're going to need him to this whole next series. Yeah, and he was hitting some pretty ridiculous jumpers, oh, too. Oh, yeah. Um, he was hitting a lot of those, like, running post-fadeaway shots that he that he was doing were, like, some really hard, they're difficult shots. A lot of them yeah. were. Yeah, and like we said and earlier, like we said but, earlier, Jeremy Grant was doing a wonderful job guarding LeBron down the yeah. stretch. He was doing a great job. So it's not like he's going from... Uh, a below average defender to Jimmy Butler and Andre Iguodala. He's had a hard matchup pretty much the whole Nuggets. Yeah, uh, and I, I think, like I said, the jumper is the the biggest thing. Um, uh, and uh, if he's able to hit those step back threes that he does, I don't want him to to rely on it because he does, yeah. he does he did that a lot in the uh, first four games where he would get the ball and he would like hesitate, dribble a couple times in a row. And then mm-hmm. he would pull up into a step back, and it, it would it would be short. Like he like his like his legs were just weren't. Yeah, they no were rhythm. no rhythm at all. He was shooting really bad shots, and LeBron does that from time to time. But he really needs to either he needs to get those defenders in foul trouble uh, mm-hmm. by just going at them, which is entirely possible. LeBron was able to get a lot of people in foul trouble in those last couple games, um, but. But even or even game like Bam uh, in foul trouble as well really helps to free up AD yep. or free yep. up anyone else who can who can really be a release valve for him. Um, so yeah, ultimately I think that jumper is probably the most important thing for the Lakers' offense. Like period. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I think we can win without him like going crazy from outside, but it'll definitely be, I think there'll be a difference between like a five game series and a seven game series. I think if LeBron is hitting his jumpers consistently, I think the Lakers can finish this up pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, moving on to the coaching matchup. So I've said a lot off air and I, I, I might've mentioned it on air as well. Uh, I think that coach Eric, coach Eric Spolstra is the best, best coach in the league. And I think he's in like a tier of his own when it comes to that. Frank Vogel has done a very good job with the Lakers this year defensively. Been iffy when it comes to offense and sometimes with rotations. Um, how do you see – do you see the, the, the gap between the two? Um, how big do you think it is? And do you think it's too big for the Lakers to overcome uh, in this series? Oh, I don't I don't think it's too big for us to overcome. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's definitely a gap, and it's definitely, like you said, on the offensive side of the ball – one thing that Eric Spolster does so well uh, is change up, is, is adapt throughout the game, mm-hmm. whether that is offensively or defensively. He's going to adapt. Um, but Vogel's shown a willingness to do that too, which is good. It was one of my personal biggest concerns with him going into the playoffs because yeah. we did, I think we saw pretty much the same starting lineup for the whole season. Uh, when everyone was healthy, essentially. Yeah. 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 We did. So seeing that he does have a willingness to go to the hot hand into the matchup that's going to win rather than dealing with locker room politics the whole time is good. Uh, like you said, it's going to come down to that offensive end. But 
we have LeBron in this. Right. That's that's the biggest thing. Superstars win you championships. The only time that has that has never that hasn't happened was the 2004 Pistons against the Lakers, and I think that is kind of a once in a lifetime sort of thing. I think a lot of people compare this Heat team to the Nugget uh, to the to the uh, the Pistons. I don't think any of those guys were better than what Jimmy Butler is right now. Maybe I'm remembering. I'm 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 not remembering how good the players were. Maybe Chauncey Billups was probably yeah. that the best player on that team, but I don't know if I'd say he's better than Jimmy. And I think that you can make an argument that Bam is sort of a better version of Ben Wallace. He's um, definitely a more versatile version. In terms right. of pure defense, Ben Wallace likely has him, but Bam's a yeah. elite defender. So. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously, Ben Wallace has won multiple defensive player of the year. Yeah. I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to disrespect the man, but yeah. I, I, I don't think this team is th- that similar to that. To that um, Pistons team, I think they're more. They're also more well coached than that Pistons team. I think Brown was like, was like Larry Brown was a good coach. I don't think he was this super elite coach that I think Spolstra is. So obviously, it comes down to your superstars winning new games. It's been that. It's been that for almost forever when it comes to championships. Yeah. So if LeBron an AD can just flex their muscles, I I think, and we can move. We can transition into our predictions. Um, I'm sitting right now. If LeBron can, LeBron and AD can take care of business. If the team is focused and locked in from day one, from game one, I think the Lakers win in five. But I do. I'm giving them a game that they kind of slack off, um, like they did against the Nuggets. And I think this Heat team is a better team than the Nuggets. So I think my official prediction is the Lakers beating the Heat in. Six very, very close games. I do not see a blowout in any of these. Yeah, I've been the Lakers in five guys since yeah. the, first, <laughs> the first round that they've been hitting for me. But that being said, I agree that the Miami Heat are the best team that we've played so far, that we're going to play so uh, in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think they're going to put up a real fight for sure. Um, so as much as I would like to say Lakers in five confidently and stick with the five game <laughs> gentleman sweep throughout the whole one, I'm going to say Lakers in six for this year. Yeah, I think it, it, I think it kind of has to just because it's they're such a good and well coached team. Not that the Nuggets weren't. It, it just they're more they're a more talented version of the Nuggets. Essentially. Yeah, and they have they have some veteran leadership that the Nuggets are yet to. Um, Establish slash bring onto the roster. I know they have Paul Millsap and a couple guys like that, but that's not Jimmy Butler and Andre Iguodala, and all those guys, and Goran Dragic. Like that's they're not the same. Udonis has them. They don't have Udonis has. <laughs> yeah. Udonis is a great locker room guy. I'm sure. Man, he is still on the actual roster. It's yeah, it's that's crazy. But honestly, as much we show a lot of love to the Lakers for taking care of their guys, and it's honestly one of my favorite things about the about the franchise. We take care of, of our own, but the Heat do the exact same thing. So props to that franchise. Well, I mean, just look at the front office. Who's the guy in charge? I, yep. I don't think it's a coincidence. You know, yep. former Laker, one of the greatest Laker coaches, Pat Riley. I mean, and and I think I saw somewhere that I don't know if it was a Laker film room that tweeted it out. Someone tweeted it out. About who the Lakers wanted to play more, and it, mm-hmm. it, it turned out that the, the Lakers wanted to play the the Heat more, and I think it's because of Pat Riley and, and LeBron's really? relationship. So I think LeBron really wants to take it to Pat Riley. I think that oh, is yeah. his end game, 
and his goal right now. Well, so no, well, I know that LeBron and 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 uh, Pat Riley didn't part on the best terms because no. there was that whole situation where uh, LeBron like gave him a meeting, but Pat Riley said that LeBron looked like he was bored the whole time and watching <laughs> soccer or whatever, and then he went back home. So I'm sure that LeBron wants uh, one last series to give it to pat riley yeah and and the, just to finish this off what is your prediction for finals mvp Whew. <laughs> it's a tough one uh if we have a reflective of the nugget series i think ad edges it out a little bit just because he was a more consistent performer and he had the game winner but uh lebron is lebron and he always raises his game for the playoffs, but it seems like he always raises his game another level for the finals. So if we get any semblance of the LeBron that we got uh, when he played the Warriors, it's on finals MVP. So I'm, I'm going to go with... Oh, it's tough. It's tough. It is tough. Um, I, I'm going to go Anthony Davis. I think LeBron, LeBron gives it to him. Yeah, I, I just think... I don't know. I, I think LeBron kind of wants... Anthony Davis to get all the sort of accolades and stuff. And he wants him to be the guy. Maybe LeBron wants to add it to his collection. Maybe he wants to do that. I can maybe see that, but I have a feeling that Anthony Davis is going to have one, if not two, like huge explosion games. And I know that's tough to think against a guy like Bam Adebayo, who arguably a top five defender in the league. Um, but I, AD's been good against against uh, Bam in the two yeah. games. Maybe taking it from yeah, maybe ta- and I think that the zone if they run it a lot, I think AD can really really feast on it. So I'm gonna stick with AD. Obviously, it's one of two options unless you want to go with a <laughs> unless you want to go with a meme pick win. Which in that case, I'm picking out Caruso for for Finals MVP. Oh, <laughs> Give it to him for. He's going to slow Jimmy Butler down. Jimmy Butler's going to kill everyone else. And then only Alex Crusoe is going to slow down Jimmy Butler. And that's why. They're going to give him Andre Iguodala finals MVP. <laughs> hey, man. If we're going meme picks, I got to pick Casey. Gotta oh, my pick God. Him. Imagine if KCB had, like, three games where he hit, like, six three-pointers, like, eight three-pointers oh, or something. That would be beautiful. It, it would be such a storybook ending for KCP's Lakers career, too. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Anyway, uh, I think that's all that I have. Um, yeah, it's so crazy to think. Ten years ago, the Lakers were in the, were in the finals last. I was 12. Um, yeah, 12 years old, both of us. <laughs> and it, it was just – it's crazy to think that they're back in, back exactly where they belong. Let's – Let's beat these Heat. Let's tie the Celtics for most championships ever. Let's not let them have that. They they got, what, 16 of their championships 30 years ago, 30 or more years ago. It's tie- championship while the TVs were in black and white. Bill <laughs> Russell got 10 championships when it was him, Wilt well, well, Chamberlain, and a bunch of plumbers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get that. Let's tie it up. Unless you want to – unless you want to count the – I don't remember. Uh, there's some like NBA history. It's not NBA, but it's like some other faction of like an ABA or something similar to it, where the Lakers or the Minneapolis Lakers or some something connected to the Lakers won a championship. So if you want to get really technical, they already have 17. <laughs> so we're going for 18. But we're going for the lead now. 
<laughs> yeah. Also, thank you for all the Celtics fans and Nuggets fans out there on Twitter who have been who have been <laughs> crying oh. all day. Shout out to Bill Simmons who called the who called the Heat the 0-4, 04 Pistons already, and he hates. He's kind of this is the most dis or easiest to dislike Lakers team ever, and it's just it's just great to just taste the taste tears. the salt, the tears, the tears, <laughs> and and complaining about the Lakers getting all the calls and the NBA is rigging it for the Lakers. Not not like if the NBA wanted to get get uh views that they, they totally wouldn't rig it for the clippers to make it against the lakers but that's that's and the they totally wouldn't rig it to have the two most storied franchises play in the finals exactly <laughs> exactly no they want the miami heat and the los angeles lakers that's the real money maker <laughs> right there <laughs> oh all right so yeah it, I, I think game one is on wednesday um and then it goes uh Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Tuesday, um, Friday for game four. And then if we have to go more, it's like Saturday, Tuesday, Friday again. So I think if game seven, game seven would be the last game. I believe it's in October 11th. We only have two more weeks, two and a half weeks more of basketball. Let's make it count so we can just just be obnoxious on Twitter uh, after we win. Yeah. It'll be a wonderful offseason. Everyone will complain about how boring and how, how much of an asterisk there is yeah. next to the Lakers championship. It'll be great while we're just sitting here with number 17 having our having our, our six-foot social distance uh, parade down Figueroa or down Kobe Bryant Boulevard. My bad. That that that's that's the new the new name for that. So um Joe, do you have anything anything else you want to add before we sign off? Great to be back. Great to be back where the Lakers belong, and I'm looking forward to a hard-fought series. But it's going to be a Lakers win. I can feel it. There, there. This was always going to be a Lakers win. It, it feels like it, it always has been. It feels like it's destined. Yeah. So, um, again, thanks for listening to us, guys. Uh, remember to rate and review and subscribe. We are on iTunes, we're Spotify, we're on Pocket Cast, we're on Podbean, we're on Google Play Music, we're on everything. Whatever you're getting your podcast. We're essentially on it. Um, you can follow the the Twitter at the Under the Bus. You can follow me at uh, Playoff Merge. Uh, you can follow Joe at Lakers and Four. The L in Lakers is a capital I, so it's I Acres in Four. It's a lot more confusing than I'm it <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's it. Um, thanks for joining us and Lakers in Six. Peace.